0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. What a treat! Dr. Seeds and I are actually in the same room today, uh, one week before our upcoming medical summit dedicated to infections, autoimmune, cancer, and anti-aging. It's a nice culmination of Uh, a year's worth of curriculum for these practitioners joining us in Chicago and virtually live streamed. So we're super excited about that. Uh, Doc has made it a point to keep up with our podcast because we're getting a lot of questions on, on email, on social, all kinds of things. Thank you to everyone who's been writing to us. And today we have a special treat. We will be doing one of your favorites, Ask Me Anything AMAs, right? And Doc, you remember AMA. I, took, I, I taught him I teach him some social media phrases, even though I'm a little bit out of touch with what the cool kids say, too. But um, I like to pride myself in being a little cooler than Dr. C's in that aspect. Um, also, we want to kind of show Dr. C's's new digs here in California, enjoying this beautiful weather and lovely gorgeous view. Um, so like I said, we are going to do it a long the AMA. Um, these questions come f- from all over email and from social DMs. Thank you for those of you sending it over. I do want to remind you all of the medical disclaimer, which is Dr. Seeds is here for educational purposes only. Please always consult with your physician before moving forward with any of the things discussed today. That's said, You ready doc? Let's go. Hot seat, I like it. Okay, first question comes to us from Facebook. Um, This is from Pam. Hi there, I'm in the process of reading peptide protocols. nice. And I have something that is causing me confusion. On several of the GHRPs, the dosing looks like this, which seems like a huge amount. Can you clarify, particularly CJC and imprimaryllin and just to describe the image that she screenshotted for us, the dosage says 10 MCG, one MG, slash kg and can be dosed alone is what I see. So doc, clarification.
1: Okay. So, so the, basically the GHRPs and the GHRHs, it's, it's basically the same dosing. If you're trying to be exact, it's, um, she's right. There's a typo here that this is a, this should be one microgram per kilogram. Hmm. So That is a, that's an excellent pickup. That is a typo um, that uh, I think this is the first time I've seen this, um, that it it should be one microgram per kilogram, that's for exact dosing. Um, But typically we use a hundred micrograms is the dosing that is going to be, um, that's what we call a saturation dose. It's gonna be most likely to represent and close to that exact dosing of the one microgram per per kilogram, and that's the same for GHRHs and GHRPs. Um, the so I would just stick to the hundred micrograms. If you wanna, if for heavier people, um, you can go to you you can go to the um, the one microgram per kilo, or for lighter um, people, you can definitely do it the same way. It's just easy. That's kind of a that 100 micrograms is just an easy number. And it it pretty much meets that saturation dose of meaning that you're gonna get the most for your money out of that dosing, because much more is gonna add probably not as much to the amount of money you're spending to uh, to try to get that release from that pituitary anterior pituitary somatocyte uh, 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 Somatotrope. And the, so that's kind of why we made it easy for you in picking that hundred micrograms um, as a dosing uh, that, that, really, that really works well. So that's a great pickup and thank you so much for identifying that for us because, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people you, you go through and you read it and you read it and you read it and proof it and then those little things, they definitely can can get you, so you're right, that should be one microgram per kilo, um, and typically it's 100 micrograms.
0: Eagle-eyed readers doc, I like it.
1: Gotta, hey, you gotta call them out, and then and, <laughs> and this is why we have this, so so that I can get to these type of questions and yeah. help people, because it can be a little bit confusing. Uh, but the, the nice thing is, just a couple other things while we're on that topic, the nice thing is about that dosing. So for GHRHs, that saturation dose of 100 micrograms, you're never gonna a GHRH receptor. As far as we know, you're never going to um, saturate that receptor, oversaturate it, and that's a good thing. That means you can never give too much of it of a GHRH Mm -hmm. like a CJC or a tesamorelin or things like that. You're never gonna like burn that receptor out, but with the GHRPs, there they are. Uh, there's, there are actually two aspects of the receptor, and one part can turn the other part off if there's too much of the um, of the GHRP, and that's why sticking to that hundred micrograms is a good idea for most people. Well, oh, I lost her, and um, and. That's a a smart thing to remember is with GHRPs, you can can actually give too much to oversaturate that receptor and um, can make the receptor involute and and become not unresponsive. Now, the nice thing is for most of these is that if you give someone a couple of weeks, it'll come back and you'll bring the receptor back if they've been using too much. Um, And I will tell you that I think you can go as high as 200 micrograms um, and still probably be okay uh, with the GHRP itself. Um, But then again, it's like, how much more are you adding over that saturation dose, which is 100, if you're giving 200, how much more are you really getting out of that Growth hormone release and that pleiotropic effect of that of that GHRP receptor itself by overdoing it. How much more are you getting out of it? And my experience has been that that dosing is a that hundred micrograms is a good dosing to keep you out of trouble and to give you um, the uh, I think the responses that you're uh, you're looking for. So. Anyways, great question. I really like that. Uh, keeping me honest.
0: And doc, um, just on the the notion of the doses, because I see, I hear you talking about you know titrating your your plan for for your patients all the time. Um, and so that that's something that I think is is necessary to to discuss. Like you may start off with with one dose, but you're you're kind of toggling things, aren't you? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, so it, it's interesting with, like, as I've told people before with the GHRHs and GHRPs, which I think are the platform to build a lot of these peptides with, with just starting with GHRPs and GHRHs. I think they're the base of a lot of things we do because they have so many effects that are, are positive, um, that the. I find sometimes that just with 50, 50 micrograms in dosing, I can get very similar results as I would get with 100. Oh. Meaning, going from 50 to 100 micrograms doesn't make that much of a difference. <laughs> and um, that's something interesting, and, and I think uh, also. Uh, People should should look at uh, with as you get older. I find also that you don't need as as bigger doses. Um, So, and I'm talking in sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties that range of where uh, the higher dosing is is not needed. Um, So, with that known, um, I think you can get away with doing like a 50 microgram dose at night which is the most important and then a 50 microgram dose in the morning and then you can pick something in midday if you're exercising things like that or you can just be doing the two doses and and work from there and then you can then you can uh, you can choose to go up if you wish i mean we just heard i just heard an example of today you heard an example today where uh had a uh, someone were we talking about their plan and, and I work, I was working I sometimes consult with doctors to consult with their patients and I work with their teams and, and we were talking about uh, some-
0: Ipamorelin.
1: Ipamorelin yeah. yeah. And, and how specifically just using Ipamorelin, this person noticed the difference between um, five and seven micrograms.
0: Is that the same as I use?
1: Yeah, basically it is. Nice. Um, um, well, I'm sorry. Sorry, five and seven I use meaning between um, 100 to almost uh, 150 or a little bit more uh, micrograms. They notice the difference yeah. in the, in the uh, GHRP2. And that's something you gotta listen to with your patients, but, but you can, so there are some that are more responsive with just a little bit more. So that's why I'm telling you, this is an art. It's a lot of work in finding that right, that right dose. If you have, if you're still searching for it, um, but it's a, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of give and take with your patient of really trying to work towards that, which is what we were doing. And this is why discussion with your patient is always so valuable. Uh, uh, but I, I found that very extremely interesting today, and uh, in just how it matches up with what we're, we're talking about right now.
0: Such a tiny little amount. It's like a little bugger of an amount. So that's that was actually really cool, Yeah. A tiny bit. All right, well, Pam, thank you again for the eagle eyes. And we will be sure in the next print to make that correction. Um, next question comes to us from Geraldo, hello. Um, having 51 amino acids would put insulin in the category of polypeptide instead of peptides? By the way, love your book, Super Informative. Lots of book readers today.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, Geraldo. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a, you know, there's a difference between there's a peptide, there's a protein, and there's polypeptide between 50, 20 amino acids to 50 amino acids, up to 100. Um, yeah, it's all semantics, but polypeptide is uh, correct.
0: Is that just a significance in terms of like FDA stuff, or is there any other significance other than the fact that it makes it's a lot of amino
1: acids? Yeah, it just has to do with the, the number of amino acids mm-hmm. that are in, in a, it, that are attached by peptide bonds, um, and. that's that was the point that was being made so totally agree but thank you for appreciate you uh uh finding value in the book um we're already working on our second book which is really exciting um and then it's funny as you work on your second book you're already thinking about your third and fourth book, so there's no, a...
0: and that's only you. I don't think most people are thinking about book three and four in the middle of so, book two.
1: So just, just a, just since it was brought up, um, we're really excited with how well this book is done. Just not here in the U.S., but around the world, I've been, I've been seriously, um, uh, uh, very, very overwhelmed by that how well we've done with this. And I just had never had any idea there were that many people interested um, in, in understanding at least this type of a, uh, approach um, to uh, looking at healthcare in a different fashion and, and really focusing on the cell. And what I'm really excited about that is that it's, it's obvious to me that this book went out to more than just practitioners because of the numbers and uh that's really great because that means you as the listeners are really taking an interest in what you can do for your body what you can do to improve your health and that's that's where this starts so very very exciting uh from that standpoint and and some of the relationships that keep popping up that you know, Karen isn't just working here in the U.S., she's working around the world with other teams of people that are in this same area of interest. And, uh, wow, some great, exciting things coming up over the next couple of years, I, I've got to say.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, definitely got a lot of global interest coming in and translations on the horizon. Yeah. Um, because everyone in the world, not just English-speaking countries, need to know about this stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm, i and that's, that's, it. that's why it's, it's so important, actually, with some of the translations we're doing right now, uh, because a lot of the literature comes from some of these other countries. Yes. And that's where I think the importance of um, doing some of the things we're working on with translating this uh, into other languages right now uh, is so important and, and and the demand is there. So we're all about meeting the demand.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to our next question from Kathy. And this is an email question. She says, hi, I've been watching your YouTube videos. My nephew was hyper, has hypermobility Ehlers-Danlos and we didn't know he had this until last year. He's age 26, we believe it came on strong after Cipro and gadolinium toxicity. Did I say that right, Doc? Yes. Okay. For the last year and a half, he's in chronic pain and can barely walk because of Achilles tendonitis. had he's had gotten no relief. He is very complex. Has Dr. Seed seen and successfully treated these kinds of things? Desperately seeking answers.
1: Yeah, and the answer is absolutely. Um, and again, I hope do do we always make our medical disclaimers stuff, Um, and I'm sure we will again. Um, (laughs) And by the way, you see this you see this height difference here.
0: Heels on too, by the way. (laughs) She's
1: got some serious heels, and there's still a little difference here.
0: It's normally like this.
1: (laughs) Um, And I'm going. I'm like crouching down. (laughs) Like this is where I'm typically at right here, guys. All right but I'm I'm crouching down so we can be in the same picture here. I had to say that. So the answer with this with that you're asking about is yes. Um the uh so a couple things to think about. Uh I think it, it, there's very very much the potential that uh, BPC by itself BPC 157 could be extremely helpful. And uh, just dosing it at um, about 250 micrograms twice a day could be an easy place to start. And uh, specifically, it doesn't even have to be around the Achilles area. Um, I would. Um, you could even. I specifically like the injectable. You, it could be something you could think about with using the, the oral if that's going to be a, a tough, tough choice. But I think the injectable could be better choice and in in the case of trying to get more acute in the area of where the Achilles is bothering him could be even better if if that's the route um, that would be taken in, in looking at this. But I think BBC 157 could be very helpful, found it to be very helpful in problems like this. And yes, it, you're absolutely correct. I think it had everything to do with the CIPRO. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no question about that. Um, and the other thing I would consider is, um, is uh, Pentazan polysulfate 54, which is also an injectable that can be a systemic type of injectable. You can do once a week. You can start off with a half a cc of it. And um, and a half a cc, I want to say is going to be about, oh, depending on how you get, about 100 um, 100 milligrams, uh, I believe, but it's typically about a half a cc that is injected into the gluteus, and give that a couple of weeks, two to three weeks, and that in itself, is just given weekly for about six weeks, and then potentially once a month for a while, will have have not only the, the inflammatory aspects you're looking for, but also work on the um, the collagen and um, the soft tissue, in in potentially um, helping some of the remodeling, um, if there is an issue of injury uh, with this uh, component of this, and um, it it also works in activating the satellite stem cells to to benefit in this uh, in in this healing issue and and the turnaround of collagen. Um, one other thing I really like about it too is the metalloproteinase in- inhibition uh, that takes place with this tensin uh, polysulfate, which I think is a, a bigger issue right now uh, with what I think happens secondary to the, uh, the cipro, which is a whole nother discussion. But in particular, with what you just, with what I just told you, I've given you two two mechanisms, uh, two ways to approach this from two, dis- two, two different two multifaceted pathways that can, I think can benefit. And at the same time, at the same time, just typically just a collagen supplement, a collagen hydrosylate that's all you need is two teaspoons or tablespoons, which is I think around 15 milligrams um, and a little bit of vitamin C, like 50 milligrams of vitamin C together and in the morning and in the evening um, could be all you need. Um, and that would be a nice way of hitting this with all three of those together, or you could just start out with the simple thing you could start out with is the collagen itself, Um, or you could use a collagen peptide. So, but all the original studies um, before collagen peptides were available when we were pretty much the only people talking about collagen was all relevant to the collagen hydroxylate, the studies that had been done with that. And now we've got collagen peptides that are showing us the same, um, some of the same benefits with taking glass. But I think you're okay with that. So those are some ideas of where to start with, and uh, uh, see where we go. And 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 please keep us in the loop on how you're doing there, um, because there's there's actually there are other ways to go at this too but this person's obviously too young to be having these issues. Let's get these resolved.
0: Back on his feet too. Um, One complaint that I get from a lot of our listeners and it's worth mentioning, um, and I'm trying to think of like the most diplomatic way to approach it, but a lot of our listeners have, you know, they've only seen like their primary physicians and they don't, some of them haven't heard of this kind of, of treatments, these medicines, or they've learned about it really, really long time ago, maybe even in medical school. Um, this is a very new kind of treatment, which is why, you know, Dr. Seeds is one of the spearheaders for this type of therapy. Um, if, <laughs> he's standing up at his normal way. <laughs> if, if you have a doctor who is unfamiliar with this, um, hope is not lost. Like Dr. Seeds mentioned before, he talks and works together with doctors all the time because this is such a new form of therapy. So you guys know our email address, info at seeds.md, if you ever wanna hook some, some doctor brains up together, um, but I, it's worth repeating our medical disclaimer, Dr. Seeds is here for educational purposes only, and please always consult with your physician before moving forward with any of these treatments that we talk about in this episode, or ever it's all for education. By the way, one more thing for Kathy. Um, Dr. Seath gave a super long answer to someone else previously who had an Ehlers-Danlos. It was a, um, uh, it was a woman, I think, who, who was a little older, but that's in episode 19, and he spent quite a bit of time on that episode. So if you wanna check it out, um, it's still relevant, I'm sure. It wasn't too long ago that we did that. So please go check it out on YouTube, episode 19. I hope it's helpful. All right. Next question comes from IGDM. Okay. Here's um, Mobas. He asks, I listened to your podcast yay, about back pain and the athlete with the neck problem. Um, that was Diana. Diana Munz, Olympic swimmer. Yeah. Um, it was very informative. Gives me hope in healing my own injuries. Do you recommend any peptides for lumbar disc herniations? I have a problem at I5-S1. I understand that these are more tricky to answer or tricky to heal as they are avascular.
1: Yeah, so there's, did he say disc problem or was it? Yes,
0: it was a herniated herniated lumbar disc.
1: disc. So so there's a lot more that maybe we didn't get into um, with Diana's discussion um, specific to hers being more muscular than versus disc, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to the same signaling issues that happen at the dermatome level of the of the spine. Um, where, in particular for your issue, um, you can look at a couple of things. One is what can you do to make the nucleus, the annulus fibrosis, and the nucleus propulsive propulsive that's in the that's the center of the disc what can you do for disc health because that should be something that uh, uh, a focus um you know there's some exciting things in the forefront with hydrogels and peptides and injecting into discs and um, we're just not there at this point yet a lot of claims are out there on some of these things that people are saying are, are successful but it's but. Right now, we're still not at that point yet where we have, where we've, we've met the issues of this biomaterial meeting all of the, the, the forces that have to be incurred in that disc uh, to, 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 to benefit what we're looking for with peptides and hydrogel. And hydrogel is, a, is holding the peptide in that area it's it's working on healing that um, uh, that disc, but a lot of exciting stuff there that we've discussed briefly in, in one of our masterminds, and and really we're we're going to be spending. I think we'll be talking more about that in in one of our other um, one of our other uh, courses or masterminds coming up specifically on low back pain and neck pain. I think that I don't know when it's scheduled, but that that will be exciting to bring more to that uh, to you about that, but. Specifically what you're, what you're looking for is in, I'm first talking about the health of the disc. And this is where these histone deacetylase inhibitors can be very helpful. And that has to do with butyrate or butyric acid, which can come from a supplement, um, a butyrate supplement that is, it's all about your, uh, your, your, gut. And we're going to, you can do things to help your butyrate production because butyrate is a histone deacetylase inhibitor, um, specifically that works on without getting into the lengthy pathways. It, it works specifically in helping what's happening with it. It's an acetylation problem in that, in, in the disc, It, it can help potentially, potentially reverse some of it, but make it healthier. And especially the disc spaces up above and below where this could be very important for you in in working on disc health. And I think that really is something that isn't focused on at all, where people are just looking for the one solution. And there's many aspects of going at this solution. So one is the disc health. And again, here's just another place of where the bowel plays a significant role in so many issues we have with pain development um, and, uh, um, and, and and has a real place in, um, in maintaining better control and quality of life with that. And so the butyrate is something I'd really look into uh, with focusing on supplementing that because it's going to add diversity to the right anaerobes that you want in your bowel, um, the obligate anaerobes, and it's going to do a good job of slowly working on this health. And I I think it's a long-term solution also. So that's one way. The other is, um, there have been some, uh, some early, um, there have been some studies as a, that have been around that have talked about uh, the use of um, melatonin and melatonin's relative importance in working as an antioxidant, but also it works through, interestingly enough, it has some effects on the circadian rhythm, which has some influence on pain, uh, but it works on disc pain in particular higher doses between 10 to 15 milligrams, even higher to 20 milligrams a day. Um, that's a consideration that that can be used in combination now with working specifically with a couple of peptides like um, thymus and beta 4 and BPC that can be utilized in specifically in that area of low back pain. Um, in combination with Something like uh, Cerebral and this is where I really like Cerebral because of how it works on that. Um, it works from the unmyelinated C fiber up the dorsal ganglion, the posterior and the and the posterior, col- and the, uh, and the posterior uh, column of the spinal cord to that level uh, where. We know there are some changes with some activated microglial cells and macrophages and so forth that are aggravating this pain process. And um, the cerebral isin can be very effective in changing that environment and working in, in changing the polarization of the microglial cell that's there. And some of the other inflammatory cells that have, that are activating this they're, they're like an environmental change around that neurosynapse at that level of the disc. Um, this being L5S1, I believe it was. And, um, and you can change that. So the combination of those those, uh, those two peptides and the, or three peptides and the cerebrolysin is kind of a multi, it has many peptides over four pretty good peptides combined in it um, that we won't go into right now. But the, that kind of a process can be very important. I've used, I've done without using TB4 or BBC, I've just used shruvilicin and KPV itself. And KPV is a tripeptide that comes off of, uh, uh, it's, uh, it comes off of alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone It's a smaller fragment of it uh, that can be helpful also in inflammation and pain. And I found it to be very effective too. And um, so there's all kinds of combinations that can be very helpful. But I think some of the best, I know you're going after the pain right away and want to change some of those things, which we certainly do all the time. But that health part is really important about the thinking about the butyrate and um, working with uh, trying to get enough butyrate to, to make a difference. And you build that up over weeks and weeks and try to get anywhere from five to six grams total of butyrate uh, eventually that you work up to. So it takes a while to get there and work up to it, but it's it's worth your while to do it. You can take a look at that melatonin. But again, now I've, I think I've gone over this many times with other questions like this but that those are just some thoughts and ideas that you could start right out with that could make i think could be very helpful for you with this type of pain problem
0: that was quite a bit microglial cells stop. brain cells
1: mm-hmm. yeah they're cells and they and they migrate and they go to areas of uh inflammation and they're in the spinal cord they can they can migrate into the spinal cord
0: oh that's Actually, I've never heard you put butyrate for a back pain issue.
1: Oh, yeah. That's incredible. Well, that has to do with disc health. Yeah. And we discussed, actually, I talked about the pathways of the disc and um, specifically when these issues happen and how the metabolism changes in the cell. Again, everything comes back to metabolism. And... And metabolism and immunity are are very intricately uh, um, intertwined, and in fact, it even goes deeper into. Um, you've heard a lot. Of me you heard me talk a lot today with a couple of patients. Circadian rhythms. Yeah. And and actually, circadian rhythms will be a, a very. Well, I think I I think I hit circadian rhythms in every talk we do in Mastermind. As every I, single one. Just like I hit, um, I keep, just like I go through more about NAD and NADPH and Redox, it's I'm constantly in every one of our masterminds, I'm just kind of opening the door to more and more and more yes. to, to develop a better foundation for our, our, uh, our uh, students and, and our listeners to really comprehend the opportunities they have in in helping people with having a better knowledge of the cell gives you a better knowledge of of how you can go about in in helping people.
0: Have you ever heard cicadas?
1: Cicadas like bugs? The
0: bugs? Yeah. Oh, it is insane. It, It sounds like there's construction happening when they're really in season and they're disgusting. They're like the size of a fist. I
1: think they're a good protein source. Um, I think people eat those. Yeah,
0: probably. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for the question. Oh, we have one more from the same person, Mobas. He wanted to ask another question about BPC, how it works in terms of not how it promotes angiogenesis, but the forming of new blood vessels. Is this effect systematic as in blood vessels are created everywhere in the body or just at the site of injury, for example? Great question.
1: So the best way to look at BPC is it's an I would call it, it has many aspects of how it works, but in the aspect of looking at angiogenesis, I would call it an angiomodulator. And no, it doesn't create new blood vessels where they're not supposed to be. Again, this is one of those things where it helps the cells in utilizing signaling to, for the cell to make the right decision, whether it's, whether it's helping to create new vessels in an area of injury or if it's on the other side of the coin in in stopping the development of new vessels into cancerous areas. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think there's a big misconception about BPC and cancer because everybody says it promotes angiogenesis and uh, they just aren't experienced with the knowledge of there's so much more to this and this is where there's been um, some good work written about this um, with how um, vascular endothelial um, uh, um, growth receptors are, can actually, there's a couple different receptors, but they can change and, and the, the um, so like the, there's different, we call them VEGF1 and 2, but basically they uh, BPC modulates these receptors, and depending on the situation in the environment, BPC can can work on improving angiogenesis, or can reverse it, mm. and and can even work on on the clotting mechanisms. Um, if there's going if there's an increase in, in clotting, or um, basically like if a, if a vessel is going to be full of fibrin and um, it's going to thrombose, it can actually reverse that. Or if there's too much bleeding and too much de- uh, 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 loss of integrity of the vessel, the BBC can work in the other fashion of rebuilding that the permeability of the cell, of the endothelium of the vessel, and can modulate it in that fashion like it does in the gut, in working on the lining of the gut. So, it's really amazing how this peptide has so many facets of how it works, but it only works when it's needed. Mm-hmm. It only works where it's needed. And it's, it's this it's a, I, I just think it's an incredible peptide um, with so many uses in so many different areas of, uh, of, uh, of not just aging and disease. Uh, but also injury. So hope that helped. It
0: almost sounds like BPC is the butyrate of peptides.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's a (laughs) lot of good peptides though. There, but, but but BPC is one, BPC is just, BPC is an incredible, incredible peptide. Um, There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think it's, it's it's interesting so i used to do years and years ago i'd go around the room and i'd ask some of the docs at that time who were more prolific users of uh peptides this is before many people even knew about them or heard about any of this um the uh they would say i'd always ask everybody okay tell me what your favorite peptide is after i got done maybe teaching for a couple days and i'd say all right now time i want to hear from you it it was almost always 75% or greater in the groups, in these groups, BBC, because of the changes they were able to make in their patients' lives where they couldn't do anything before. Wow. And that's that's incredible. I I think I still remember, this was six years ago, it was a long time ago, I still remember and will never forget this stories of um, this one doctor who worked in a very difficult area with um, people that had limited refunds or, or limited funds and was using small doses of BPC, which at the time I would have told you were, were, could not be effective. And these were in cachectic uh, post-cancer patients that had been treated with chemo and radiation and were really at the end of their, their lives with um, these were breast cancers. These were lung cancers. These were serious cancers that had taken their toll. And, um, and she had been treating her patients with low doses, like just a hundred micrograms of BPC once a day. And in every, every case she presented, which I was just blown away with um, that, that she had helped that she had changed their lives dramatically in like two weeks oh. in helping them being able to start eating again. Um, and it only makes sense with some of the things it was doing in the lining of the stomach and, um, in, in issues like that, but also giving patients back energy. And I think it was again utilization in the gut, but so much to that. But the fact that th- these, were, these were cancer patients. Um, that weren't getting any recurrences or having any issues like that. And yet they were using BPC to help the cachexia. And lo and behold, they were also bringing back their lives. And I thought that was remarkable with low dosing, 100 micrograms. That's it, 100 micrograms. Um, And I'll I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. uh, And she may be listening out there incredible doctor with what she's doing on the fronts of trying to help people where um, funds are very, very limited. That
0: is a really tiny amount. Yeah. That, that would make that one vial go a really long way, that's for sure. Well, very cool. Thank you for that question. This person looks like, he sounds like a doctor, but I'm not sure from the, from the screening. Um, next question is from Steven, also as a DM. Here's an interesting question. I've known women in my life who have suffered from heavy menstruations, accompanied by chronically low iron ringing in the ears where iron supplementation does some to little benefit. I'm guessing that some or much of this could be due to hormonal imbalance. Can peptide therapy ameliorate these issues?
1: Okay. Wow, that's a tough, that's a really, Gosh, there's a lot of questions I'd love to ask related to that question, but let me try to hit this from a couple uh, a couple points. Number one is I don't really go on low iron. Iron, I, I look at. I like to look at um, the. Uh, uh, I like to look at ferritin, and. Um, and the transferrin iron uh, binding capacities. I I, I like really I, I like to look at a lot more than just iron levels because it's really the ferritin that I really make a lot of decisions with. And I I typically what people consider to be normal ferritins are aren't usually normal, especially in patients like this uh, where. Ferritin levels need to be much higher than you typically are acceptable in lab values, which they'll accept 30 or 40. And sometimes you need to be well over 100. Um, But that being said is I find that iron is very helpful, but it takes a long time to change those symptoms. It does not happen in three weeks or six weeks, or it can take three to six months to get to where you want to go. So that's really important for you to, to I think, to, to comprehend um, in, in when you're working with something like this. And, and I would still go down that avenue first. Um, I, I in particular like the use of beef liver um, supplementation, uh, especially beef liver pills that you can get grass-fed, really good products um, that I think are much better at b- slowly building up iron and, and other, you get some of the other vitamins that are necessary that I think I've had much better success than just using uh, typical iron that can cause more problems with backing up the bowels and things like that. Uh, but I would look at that. I, that would be the first place I'd look in the, the distance. Now, that being said, there can be you know, the, the hormonal issues absolutely can, are, are always can be related to this. Um, and so can mitochondrial efficiency, uh, can have a significant effect here, um, because of what happens with, um, Oh, how, uh, we get into issues in the cell with a Fenton reaction and what happens with superoxide production and, and how, that has an influence on some of these issues. and it comes down to this mitochondrial efficiency and, and, and how that's working. So that gets back to can peptides be effective? And there's so much more to this question because so many other mm. aspects could be relevant. Um, so I, I, I hesitate to jump in to say, well yeah, you could you could start with um, with looking at like just a um, an ipamorelin by itself or something to work on efficiencies or get into even the more significant mitochondrial peptides like uh, modsc um that can be very very effective in helping you get to mitochondrial improvement um, there's some other ones but that's a huge question um uh off just working off the top of my head here and and trying to direct you where there's so much more, I'm sure that's going on with this person. Uh, because you can, I, I think you have to absolutely focus on uh, on this. Um, there there can be some other aspects of, uh, of uh, think uh, of carriers that carry iron in and out of the cell and into the mitochondria and um, those have an influence and the, if I get into that it really gets this really complicated but we did talk about a little bit in, in uh, mastermind one um, and that's in particular uh, to some issues with iron and uh, deficiencies and and actually sometimes when people think iron is low because of the the blood levels it doesn't mean that iron can't be higher in the cell itself because of issues of uh, uh hep and things like that but i think i've said enough without getting you too confused to just tell you i gave you some basics to really work on long term with with iron and looking more at ferritin and uh, uh the the uh yeah the uh beef
0: liver, beef liver yeah. yeah yeah nice or eat beef liver as one of your friends <laughs> said she loved to eat, um, which is. Um, all right. Last question, and we don't have that much time Doc, And this is a very selfish question. Um, for all of us getting ready for summer, for summer bodies, um, how and what is the best way to get rid of body lower lower belly fat? Stubborn is that called visceral fat?
1: No, because that can be white. That can be subcutaneous fat too, but usually there is visceral fat that's low. Visceral means it's just around the organs, that type of fat. Ah. So it can be, it can, it's typically can be both though. Mm. Um, so what you're telling me is how do you get things rolling? And that's a, haven't we developed a whole course around that? Am I supposed to be giving that up to so,
0: so just just the, the exercise and good diet?
1: So here's yeah. a here's some misconceptions. <laughs> um, There are these things that, so some people overdo it. They overdo aerobics. Um, The resistance exercise is always something you should be including. But I will tell you, especially for women trying to lose weight, that if you're, if you focus on a long walk, not four days out of the week or one day out of the week, but every day out of the week you walk for 30 to 45 minutes and i know you're like where am i going to find the time i think it's an excellent way to spend time especially with your significant other um, where you can get to know each other again you could do something together and participate in and just walking and it it could be a decent pace it doesn't have to be really fast Um, and in particular pick it after a meal uh, and I've taught this too, and I've, I've got some of my, some of my students are implementing this and teaching this to their patients. Um, uh, I love it. I mean, they're, they're making a difference in their patients' lives. But this is, what you're doing is you're, you're working up to this aerobic threshold of where you're, so the body, when you're not giving up too much effort It's going to. It's not going to have to utilize glucose as an immediate source of energy. It's going to preferentially pick the fat and use that as its energy source until you reach a peak of where you're pushing it too hard, and then it's going to demand more glucose, and then you're not going to use as much fatty acids, and that's going to be. It's going to override that system, and it's it's that delicate. It's like you have these two lines going up and down on a curve this way and this way and where they intersect is kind of that threshold. And you want to stay under that threshold of where you're just using the fatty acid as its main, as your main source. So it's all, it's a low intensity aerobic type of exercise and it's called walking. And it's incredible. Wow. It's incredible what you could do with that one exercise. And all right. So let me, let's and that's just free. And that's free. And let's, <laughs> let's, let's throw out some other pearls really quick. Yeah. If you just take this step with your eating of your meals, I'm not going to try and change your meals. That's not here today to do that. But if you do this, if you eat your protein source first and then your vegetable source second, and then lastly, wait a few minutes after that, you know, five minutes after you eat your protein and your, your vegetable, and then your carbohydrate, you're gonna do a lot more to keeping that glucose level down and insulin demands on the body and promote better health for your cells. And then you go out and do that walk. Whoa, you're doing some seriously good work. But if you do that, concentrate on every meal, that could really help you. And and, in stopping and slowing down the development of more fat, but also creating the environment that's better for the cells to make their decisions and functioning. Um, so those are two, I think, superb pearls in that are free that you can all do. And here's some other, here's some quick little pearls too. If you're going to have your biggest meal in the day, always make it and, and this is going to be counterintuitive, but it has to do again with this whole thing. I seems to be today is this recurrent theme of circadian rhythms, but it has to do everything with about circadian rhythms. And if you if your biggest meal is in the morning, as opposed to evening, you're going to be much better off. And if you don't end up doing that, that's okay. And, but I would do my best to try to not. To eat earlier in the evening, if you can, like five, you know, dinner time at five or so or six, and no later. And be, because your body is set up to utilize energy in the day, not in the evening, not when the sun is setting. And, and our, our we're built around these rhythms. And that's really how it what it comes down to um in in trying to sync because food is a uh is a modifier of circadian rhythms also and you really got to think in that fashion because it can make that big of a difference um in in your day and if you could move that meal back and not eat anything at nighttime like that um uh, in the dark that kind of thing that makes a big difference Um, So those are just easy. Those are things you can do without taking a drug or a molecule or a peptide or a supplement. Um, Those are some big, some big helps uh, that, that, that in itself, that in itself, exercise, nutrition that we worked on this little bit with just taking you, focusing on how you, the timing, it's about timing. And then about maybe picking where your bigger meals are and really not making, because what do most people do? Their dinner's their biggest meal. Almost everybody, their dinner's their biggest meal. What if I told you that was the exact opposite of what your body wants? Just some things to think about.
0: What about with
1: people who do intermittent fasting? Okay, so that's a whole other story. Um, So intermittent fasting, (laughs) is so then you got to be really cognizant of a couple things so i'm okay with intermittent fasting and that certainly is so you've jumped ahead intermittent fasting is can be great but you want it to be effective Mm -hmm. and so you've got a window of time so let's say you fast until what 10 or 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. oh my she's quite the faster
0: so
1: so at 12 I'm gonna tell her, so typically you tell people that they got so when do you usually stop eating at? Seven. Seven. That's not bad. Um, I would tell you to move that back just a little bit, try to fit all of your all of your macros, everything in between 12 and six. Mm. You know, I mean, does that hour make a difference from six to seven? It does. Wow. Timing again, it's timing, it absolutely makes a difference. So put your macros in. Uh, macro micros put them all in that time frame and you know I, I think usually what happens with people intermittent fasting is a couple things happen it ends up becoming it ends up becoming calorie restriction for them because they don't eat as much as they typically would have and um, so it does, to, it, it's not only fasting, but calorie restriction, and that's why that can become more, even more effective for people. Uh, but there are some other issues of what fasting can do, um, in helping the brain and, and changing some, uh, some reward systems and so forth. But I think for the most part, I think, uh, nice. I think that, that in itself could be helpful to start with and, um. There's so much further we could go, but I think that's a good place to end.
0: That is a great place to end. I am going to take this as another Dr. Seeds challenge. Um, we've been really doing it. By the way, Doc, I am up to eight butyrate capsules a day. Nice. And it feels great. Just energy throughout. I get such good sleep at night. Oh, that's- Incredible sleep
1: at night. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, so that's, I've had people, that's a really good thing to bring up. Um, I have a lot of my patients have the aura rings uh, and um, that's one of the things that I had that I've always had them. It's a great, it's a kind of a nice fun tool to have them follow with, because that's one of butyrate's great jobs is working on improving your sleep. Um, Yeah. And I liked it. I like them to look at their stage four sleep and their REM sleep with um, uh, when they're doing this and follow it and to follow. I'd love to know a lot of things about um, where you fit in the data with all of that. But, um, but anyways, that's great to hear that. I, and I think eight, I think eight pills, which is close to eight grams is awesome. Cause I think you can go up, I think you can go up to 10, but I think eight is great for you.
0: You said something that was that made me go up to because I, I was good at four until I heard you say this um, to somebody else. And that's, you, we just don't make enough butyrate. And so just go.
1: All you're doing is helping yeah. the diversity of the bowel and you're um, just like today you heard uh, one of our patients, we were talking to um, uh, how bowel diversity it mm. is how a perfect example of looking at um, the microbiome we looked at and and how this patient had a pretty decent diversity but didn't but the diversity wasn't enough and they weren't producing enough butyric acid
0: right
1: and that was the key so that's it so I, that's all i got right now i that's guess that's a
0: lot yeah that's a lot given um congratulations are in order uh this is the time when college students are graduating and we want to congratulate dr seeds the dr seeds family brian seeds for graduating magna cum laude holy smokes the apple does not far fall too far from the tree oh my gosh you know even you were talking about uh when your heaviest meal should be there's this Asian saying, this Korean saying that my grandma used to always nag at me um, and translated, it would be eat like a king in the morning and like a bird at night.
1: There's, there's so many yes. little, yeah, that's really interesting. And
0: she's she used to also say if you whistle, snakes will come and bite you. But this one she was right on, thanks grandma. But yes, Brian Seeds and Joss and Dr. Seeds, congratulations on that, that is so incredible.
1: We're we're so excited about his graduation <laughs> yeah. and uh, that it actually happened, <laughs> and that he that that he made it. And he and in fact in a he was in a very difficult uh, in a very difficult discipline uh, in engineering department in computer sciences, and he had an um, I mean amazing grade point that we are very proud of. Um, we weren't really excited about when we drove we've been wondering why he'd been trying to keep us away from where he was living for a year and we were we were supposed to meet him at this one place to take a picture in front of his fraternity house yet we're like well somehow we got mixed up and then we had to find him we're like well where's your house like can we just see because he never we never all year because of COVID and a lot of things we never really got to see his house and as we were driving down the street of all these beautiful houses, there was this one house that was like, oh my God, who lives there? It looks, it looks, it looks, there are cans out in front and chairs. And we're like, oh my God, are those kids even in school? That turned out to be my son's house. And mom and I were like, we're aghast. We we're, we're, were like, oh my God. And then we thought, you know what? You know what Matthew or a bit uh, Brian I always get my kids names mixed up Brian you you're you did a great job we're very proud of you and uh, and we love your house and we love your yard and can, <laughs> can we get a picture with you in front of your yard so we're we're very proud of it that is so
0: cool like what parent says that right they're proud of their kid partying while working hard well, I Well, love that.
1: we're not condoning the partying, but we're, we're, we're excited that he had other, you know, that he, he could socialize to some degree, which we didn't know was possible. No, just kidding. He's, <laughs> he's a good kid. Um, we're just happy that he wasn't just totally stuck in his books and that he mm-hmm. had, his body had other stressors, I should say. I mean, I think it's just part of life of being independent and And I don't want to be overcritical, but I do want to be critical. And it was just one of those things where he was very nervous because he thought we would be like, you know, what the hell? And (laughs) and this is terrible. But we were like, you know, you're you're a good kid. And and, uh, we're very proud of you. Yeah, so that was awesome.
0: And they're such, such good, good guys. I've met them now many times. Well, not many. Not certainly not enough, but we we will be seeing the seed spam again next week, which I'm super excited. Well, his about. brother,
1: his older brother, came all the way back from he's in D.C.
0: That's right. He drove
1: all the way back oh, and, sh- and 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 driving himself by himself made it just in time so he could just come to the event in the rain. Sits there with his brother in the rain and then he's gotta go back home.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, that I'm just telling you, we're just so fortunate to have this bond between our kids. It's, um, you know, that, it's really great. It's really cool to see that's that. And so we're, we're, we're very proud of that also, of our son, Matthew, um, showing his support for his brother. And, and I, I even think I sent, I sent a text to him and he said, dad, he goes, well, you know, Matthew came or Brian came to my graduation where it was the hottest day in the world. <laughs> And I guess I get to be here and it's one of the coldest days and rainy. So so I guess we got both both sides of the spectrum, you know?
0: I'm excited to see what the weather brings when Billy graduates uh, not too far along.
1: (laughs) We'll see if that happens, right?
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, everybody, if you haven't signed up for the Chicago Mastermind, it is going to be a culmination of everything that Dr. Seeds has been teaching with the SSRP for the last year. And this is not one that you want to miss. He's going to go over autoimmune diseases. He's going to go over uh, infection, inflammation, anti-aging. And of course, he's going to talk a lot about cancer <laughs> and cancer cells and what the differences is and what we can learn from that really fantastic stuff. We have released the agenda. We're so excited. To, when, when he was telling me this agenda, I'm like, how are you going to fit this all in two days? We're going to I'm try. gonna fit it I'm gonna We're fit going it. to
1: try I, I think what's really exciting is it brings together all the things we've been working on all yeah. year and I'm gonna just bring out the relevant aspects of so even if you didn't participate in one or two or three I'm gonna make a it, it's all going to make sense it's just gonna make you it's gonna I'm, I'm telling you what it's gonna make it's gonna make you go okay I need to go through one two <laughs> and three because this is exciting because I really get this I get this approach I get this idea of of cell redox and how, how it is so integral to understanding and specific pathways to understanding cell efficiency, but also metabolism, disease, aging, immune deficiencies or immune modulation and cancer and how they're all integrated there. And then how all of a sudden when you get to cancer, all the rules change. And I want to make it exciting and, and an experience that you walk away and go, okay, I really get this now. I don't have to go to. I, I don't have to say I'm never going to learn this or why would I want to hear Hi. something about cancer? Well, I'm going to give it to you. I think in a way that's going to make this so exciting that you're not going. To, you're going to want to read everything you can about everything because that's how I am every day. So why can't you be like me? You can.
0: Absolutely, we strive to be like that all the time. Well, everybody, this is not, this conference, as long as uh, we're going to be around, we are not just limiting it to those of you with a medical license. We invite our non-practitioners, our general public, those of you interested in your own health or interested in the health of your loved ones to also join us for the live stream. Go to um, ssrpinstitute.org for more details on that. Keep your questions coming, folks. We love to hear from you. Info at seeds.md is the email address to email if you want to get your questions answered for the next AMA that we plan on putting together. Um, Next week, we are off. We're off both on SSRP office hours and for our Sex, Drugs, and Epigenome podcast because it is our Mastermind Chicago Virtual Summit. So that said, we are signing off for two weeks. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, we have eight thousand freaking downloads. We're almost at ten. It's only a matter of time.
1: It's been a, it's, it's been it's been a year of hard work, and you've done a, you've done a great job. Uh, great job, oh, Karen, Karen pushing job. us forward.
0: All right, folks. We will see you in two weeks. Have a good one.